Welcome back to season four of the Salt and Shadows podcast. Trace the salt, embrace the shadow. This season, we will be focusing on the topic of discerning your spirit. We're bringing back our original format and we'll be discussing topics that have come up in our own observations, like how to know who to trust, when not to trust, how to tell the difference, and how to ensure you are protected and supported. We hope you will find guidance, food for thought, and relatable laughter in our episodes as we gather to begin another safe passage into discovering the unique creature you are. So we're back and we're talking about episode number six, you said, right? Yeah. We're on episode six talking about episode two of The Deep End. I was just telling Diana that I feel like maybe I had gone off the deep end wanting to do four whole episodes about Teal Swan, but that's me and my neurodivergence excitement. Well, that's me also committing to having this conversation over and over until people get it too, right? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like absolutely. we both feel very passionate about this topic. We are. And it's exciting and fun to dive in through. And again, we're going to continue to encourage you to go to the link in our show notes right now and just share your thoughts, your feelings, any insights you have with us through that form just to be a part of this conversation. (laughs) Yeah, and especially if you've had like some personal experiences with any of these topics, we would love to just bring that to light and be able to support you in that. Yeah, And you can send us, if it's easier to tell your story through a voice message on Instagram, that's also welcome, too. You could even even send it anonymously. That's totally fine as well. Yeah, yeah. However you feel comfortable. That would be fun to have people send voice notes, actually, because then we can record them and actually have them on the podcast. That'd be cool. To share. Yeah. That's like a little incentive. Like, hey want to be heard on our podcast <laughs> if that's not too intimidating we'd if, love to do that of with course you. with your permission of course it's like it brings me just straight back to my childhood and the days of the radio yeah and it was so fun to call in and yeah. to like interact and like I just yeah yeah like I I think I told you but last week was my birthday and my partner called in a request on the radio station oh, yeah. in Seattle for my birthday and I heard it and I started crying Aww. like like ugly crying like why am I crying like this <laughs> but it's just it's meaningful so like, meaningful you know just like it was the social media before social media right like, um, it truly was yeah and I'm living out my own fantasies with this with podcasting because I've always secretly wanted to be like a radio host nice I have so many secret lives you guys <laughs> oh my god maybe that should have been my my uh, <laughs> icebreaker question oh was, shit. tell me about your secret life but that's not it okay what that's is that your icebreaker <laughs> well it doesn't feel as cool as that now <laughs> um, but it's fine it's fine okay okay so it was but just the icebreaker question is um what did you want to be when you grew up when you were little i swear to god you've asked this one i don't feel like i have <laughs> Because I don't feel like I know the answer. Yeah. I mean, you've told me different things you've gone to school with or for. Yeah, as but an I don't adult. know if we ever talked about what you wanted to be. Because I don't think you know my answer. 
Yeah, and I don't even, like, have one that pops into my head immediately. So, yeah, maybe you're right. Yeah, it's just one of those, like, basic questions, but we've never actually asked the basic question. From being a kid? Yeah. I mean, when you ask me that question, I what instantly pops into my head is that I've always wanted to be a veterinarian. That Mm -hmm. was something that I always wanted. I've always just had this really deep connection with animals. But beyond that, I remember always playing teacher and turning our dining room into a classroom and just I loved loved setting up like my classroom as a teacher and then like doing pretend assignments and things with my grandma or my stuffed animals or whatever I love that yeah it's awesome it's interesting to think about because I mean I'm not, I don't necessarily go to a classroom every day and teach, but I'm most certainly a teacher in my life. Yeah, and, for sure. And I love sharing and teaching in that way. So, yeah, I think that's really fascinating. Like those little peeks into who you are naturally. Yeah. When it comes down to it, when you have your full expression and you can be creative, the things that we actually choose to do with our time are actually the things that end up being fulfilling in so many ways right yeah yeah I like that thanks that's fun to reminisce on so how about mine feels kind of similar in a lot of ways at least I'll use similar experiences like I wanted to be a marine biologist because I wanted to swim with whales and I wanted to study whales um even to this day I'm very obsessed with whales and I know a lot of whale facts (laughs) Um, (laughs) um, and it's also interesting because I know a lot of people that have a deep fear of them Mm. and it's really, and it's not necessarily from an experience or a trauma that they've had or anything like that. They just have a real fear of them. And I'm like, wow, it's so interesting how you can be really fascinated and at the same time, incredibly fearful of the very same thing. (laughs) Yeah. But I, you know, we could go deeper into that. There's so much symbology and stuff like that. But I've just really always loved whales. And then um, I also remember, (laughs) which came true later, is taking, like, my neighbors into my closet and, like, having all of these (laughs) different, like, skincare products that I found of my mom's in the bathroom and giving them facials. And, like, I was, like, eight when I was doing this. And, like telling them what it does and how how it helps them and educating them on like how to use these things and like I remember as a teenager like telling my friends like don't rub your face dry just pat your face because you don't want you know just like you don't want to spread stuff and like all these little things and like later ended up like working at like Sephora and Ulta and all of these places with skincare mainly and but also And it wasn't my only experience with teaching, but also just, like, being in that educational role and taking leadership. Yeah, yeah. In those ways, I find that really interesting as well, because it's, it's like, a little reflection of who we became. I love, I personally love that type of reflection. I love the, the practices or inquiries. I don't know if you've ever done one, but, yeah, of, of basically revisiting that. Like, what were your interests in childhood and just, like oftentimes those tend to just be like true passions still and things that we're interested in and just going back to the original spark of interest in your life and I love I just love that stuff and it's just fascinating too 
yeah, connect those dots yeah. of where you were at in childhood and, and how it connects or resonates today. Yeah. I remember even in, like, <laughs> it feels and seems so strange, like, looking back at it, but I knew what I was interested in even from an early age. And even when, like, my teenage years, I had all of these, like, um, personalized body oils that I had bought and was learning how to do, like body massage full body massage and all like whoa and asking my friends if I can practice it on them like 15 like that's probably a strange thing like for a 15 year old to ask their friends to do but yeah it's so interesting to like think of those things that were just naturally interesting to me and felt like I was able to connect to people through and yeah it's it's real fun to think about those things yeah it is. That, those rabbit holes are wild. Okay. Yeah. Well, let's... Yeah, I think they can be. Yeah. Anyway, let's dive down this rabbit hole. Let's do it. So, this episode two of The Deep End opens up on a video of Teal talking about her company's mission. Teal I. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you get the main quote that she said about her company? Uh, no, I didn't take a quote down there, but I just got that general essence again of it's like, I, yeah, did you have the yeah, quote? Yeah, oh, I had a quote it. of what she said about the company. She said that her mission is to become a company so large and unstoppable that nothing can stop it. Right. Yes. Yeah. She has got a... She wants to end world suffering. And she is on a mission to do it. At no matter what. And that's yeah. really the essence of this episode. Is like Teal's mission. And and there's like a bigger essence that... There's a lot of like foreshadowing that goes on in this episode. But in general it kind of just leaves things hanging. Yeah. For sure. Um, and also within this episode, there was the, um, private investigator brought in to help diminish bad media around Teal's teachings. And so I really appreciated that because bringing in another voice coming from a neutral perspective, I feel is a, a great way of trying to work things out, trying to be transparent and can be a great way of, um, being able to really let your truth out. Um, and I do feel that a lot of truth was revealed through that investigation as well. Yeah. It's really cool to be able to have like the objective perspective. Um, the yeah it was like her exactly as you're saying teal's media assistant that has this you know he's helping her grow that vision digitally hired the private investigator specifically to help clear up the facts and to find out the truth which this investigator said that they offer a third party unbiased review Mm mm-hmm and that, yeah, I think that is great. And it's really fascinating the way that it begins to unfold because at first, in the first round of interviews, it centers around just uh, 
if it's true or not that Teal is the suicide catalyst, what that means, what people's personal experiences have been, and she even says it, it's hard to, it's, the private investigator states that it's hard to see a lot of these accusations starting to stick when you start talking to people. And she, at first, was drawing the conclusion that, you know, you have somebody, particularly, like, a woman in a leadership role, it sparks controversy and questions, and and it's very easy to throw the word cult around. Sure. And that's kind of what this, another piece of what this episode kind of circles around, is her mission, and is, is this mission, has this mission become a cult? Yeah, and it was interesting. You don't get to hear a lot, but you get to witness a few snippets of things that people say in both positive and negative uh, experiences and quotes towards what they learned with Teal. So it really isn't just to be a negative source or perspective. Right, which I really appreciate that too because in watching this show, that's why I get so wary sometimes of documentaries is because the way that they're worded and the angle that they take, like it, it's just so easy to turn off your critical thinking skills and to say like, oh my God, this is truth, right? Yeah, and, and to just like go along with how they are framing the thoughts for you. Yeah, right? exactly. <laughs> And so, and then without stopping and being like, wait, hold on a second, let me ask some questions or think about this through a different lens, which was so challenging for me when I first started learning about that, because I was like, what? I love documentaries, and I've just always been so gullible. But I think that this docu-series offers through, especially hiring this private investigator, really helps us as the viewers begin to learn how to start deciphering those critical thinking skills. Yes. Which is such a huge part of self-discernment and spiritual discernment. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And something we keep coming back to is it's really important to be able to weigh both and to be able, just to be able to have the chance and the choice to be able to ask questions because it's important. It's important to be able to, like voice your concerns and um, to be able to call leadership into a space of um, saying and voicing what it is that they are doing and and to be able to defend their responses and I, I feel that that is all really important when you are using discernment as to wanting to be a part of that group or to follow somebody's words. Yeah. There's, I'm going to go back kind of up to the top. I know we're bouncing around a little bit here, but in the kind of the second, the second scene, so to speak, it opens up on Gracie, uh, one of Teal's personal assistants, and her, she quotes just kind of being in this awe talking of teal saying like when you first see her your world just explodes and you wonder are you even human where do you come from and how do you have the answers that no one else has how do you have the answer no one else has and i was just like ooh, like that is such a red flag like if somebody is like as we've been continuing to say and will say through this series that if somebody's claiming to have the answers, it's a red flag. 
Well, and I felt that with her and from what little she shared of her, of her own trauma experiences, it very much felt like a very obvious trauma bond to me in Mm. the way that in a lot of ways, the reason Teal appears to have, or may even in some ways have those answers and the wisdom that they are seeking is because she has experienced such deep trauma that she is able to go there with people to that space where they need to be able to go deep and to excavate the harm that's been done to them. Right. Um, but that that healing and that harm that, that gets surfaced isn't the only thing about who they are, but they get so wrapped in that identity that it becomes the only thing for them within that life. And I feel that that's why they put the words of that person on such a high pedestal that they're just like, oh, they have the answer. They're right about everything. They're not even from this world because... I've never been able to feel the relatability Mm. with somebody in the way that I can with this person. Right. And I feel that that just naturally comes back to the fact that she has had some very deep trauma and she is able to go to that space with people. One thing that I say is a pro that Teal has going for her is that she... Well, I don't know, actually. I guess that's a little controversial because in this documentary series, it seems very much that it's her. It's like, she is Teal Swan. She is the teacher. She's sharing the knowledge. But I've heard, and this would be something that if you're a listener that knows more information, please share via our form, but we could also look up some more information, too, is just I've heard that Teal believes that she's not human and that she is right and And she does believe that she has answers in ways that others do not have answers yeah she believes she's special yeah exactly and i also feel that a lot of what what was her name that you're sharing from the the person that you're just talking about uh gracie gracie yeah i also feel that gracie in order for her to be as connected to teal as she is she has to use and repeat that same language that teal uses about herself so saying that she seems otherworldly and that she Mm -hmm. has the answers keeps her in right position with teal as well yeah yeah yeah, it's an interesting dynamic because it, it's that both and of, like, say, like, there's little little whispers of this underlying extraterrestrial, extra special gifts, but then it also is, she's not outwardly claiming another entity or something like that, you know? She's just trying, saying, like, I want to end world suffering. Yeah, I'm not sure where she, um, where she stands on the whether it's channeling or like literally being from another space or you know another planet or something like that I don't have details on her I don't know how much she shared about that but yeah I did hear I did hear you say and she did kind of hint towards it especially in the beginning when she's talking about like growing up and people didn't see that she was different right Um, and she kind of hinted towards those gifts and things like that but yeah I I can't recall her saying something specific yeah and it's really interesting, too, because, I don't know, it's always a both and, and I never want to tell somebody that they're not special, but especially people that are veering out in this way of, like, wanting millions of followers and having this vision of changing the world, 
there's just something personal within me that just deeply does not resonate that you are special you have gifts you have the answers you need to be followed like do you need power right like it's like (laughs) do you and it just the questions that start to need to come in more that is part of why we're doing this series is to encourage people to see like how are people bridging back to community and making it like these realizations accessible to yeah which is I don't know I'm just going down a rabbit hole and losing my train of thought because I it's just fascinating to me the way that Teal does this in such a way that is very healing and nurturing to a lot of people but what we are keep coming up against are like okay so what are these subtle red flags about teal herself yeah well i can say just within witnessing her interactions with people if people are devout and open and there and available because they want to hear what she has to say there's no problems She's there to heal, and she's cool as a cucumber. But if somebody has a question regarding what she knows, or they question what she says, or they, in any way, I mean, honestly, it really comes down to having any form of opinion that doesn't directly come from Teal, she immediately turns red light. And she goes to a very aggressive space when she does that as well. Yeah, very quickly, aggressive space. Yeah, I like how you said that, turns red light, absolutely. And, yeah, that's just, it's, yeah, because it's all, like, very surface level, like, light and fluffy, but then as you, like, sink a little deeper, it's, yeah, recognizing that it's this, like, you're either with me or against me attitude that really permeates everything. And that that's another thing that Teal says in t- this episode is that anybody that's on her in, in her inner circle it needs to be ready to sacrifice anything for their mission. Yeah. For her mission. For her for the our mission like the company's the mission. The company's mission. Yeah. Yeah. Because you can't be a part of her circle if you do not put her mission first. She has has said that. Yeah, she says everyone has to have that attitude that they're ready to sacrifice anything for our mission because that's the, in order to be there because that's the altitude she's going to. Right. Like, you have to be on board for that. And within that, there's all of the, which can come in later, but there are many qualifications um, that you have to be willing to do to be a part of that as well, which doesn't leave you... Um, which means your your mission, her mission becomes your identity and becomes your mission. There is no individuality. Right. Yeah. And I think that that is really spoken more of in the next episode. Yeah. yeah. I didn't want to go too deep, too deep into it, but some of it just like totally. connects to the other stuff as well. Yeah. It's just, it's hard not to like watch the entire thing and how it like all circles together too. Yeah. The vicious cycle. Something that I think is interesting is that there's a, an opening where, or a scene where Teal is doing a podcast interview, and they talk about, they were talking about, like, why do you think people refer to you as a cult 
or a cult leader. And, t- and t- well, Tia was saying, you know, well, it turns people off of me immediately. So that's one thing. But she also said, she said, people become cult leaders when they're not looking at their own shadow. Mm. That's what she said. She said, people become cult leaders when they're not looking at her their own shadow. And oof, isn't that true? Oh, my God. Seriously, I was like, isn't that and, true? and do we believe this to be true for her? Because I got to clap a little. <laughs> Because this she we can we can know things <laughs> and be completely blinded to ourselves Absolutely. in that same context. That is why I think that is like the biggest part of shadow work and is like con- continuously like uh, even from like the self-care creature perspective it's that journey of continuously checking in with yourself and getting to know yourself so that you can know your own fucking bullshit. And when you can't know your bullshit, because we can't all the time, to make sure that you have people surrounding you, a community built in place that can call you on your bullshit. And that's what we were talking about in the last episode. That guy asked the most fucking respectful question. Like, who do you respect enough to hold you accountable? Right. Yeah. Because you need to be able to have others that you can trust with your blind spots. That's why you need to be able to be accountable and receptive to the teachings of others and not believe that you are the only one with wisdom above anything anybody could give you yes um something that i thought was really interesting is they did go into some of um teal's teachings again um just a heads up here i'm going to be mentioning some of the more controversial aspects of what teal has to talk about yeah um, but it is about um, talking about suicide. And um, right. in her videos on YouTube, she um, actually asks the person in need to completely visualize from start to finish what their suicide would look like. And... This is this is a very a very gray sticky area. Yeah, very controversial. Yeah, because could that be something that might bring somebody into clarity? Sure, but at the same time I really feel that this is a medicine that greatly depends on the right setting. And when yeah. you're just posting a video with information in and not personally present to be able to um, know where that person is at or what they're going through. Exactly. To know any of the details of where the mental state is of that person, there is no quality control and you're just leaving it hanging. And that's not something that is ever advised to do with someone in consideration of ending their own life. Right. So... That was something that I thought was worth mentioning because it is very specifically put out there that that's what she teaches in some instances. And I do see that as being something that's problematic. Yeah, it's definitely problematic. Especially when there are, um, the private investigator is brought in specifically to investigate allegations as to her... Is she a suicide catalyst? Exactly. Yeah. Suicide. And there have been those who followed her teachings that did take their life. 
Yeah. So it's very serious what's going on. <laughs> There's families of followers of Teal that have taken, like, people, followers of Teal that have taken their lives, their families that believe Teal's teachings really influenced that. Right. Yeah, and that is hard. That's really, yeah, that's, I personally just feel like that is, that is a really tricky, tricky one, but I think what it comes back to, yeah, really is, like, how can you take more care and appreciation into what you're sharing? But on the other hand, you know, Teal says, I never could have imagined that talking about suicide and inviting people to think about their own suicide would make others think that I'm encouraging it. And it's almost like, I, in, in some way, and bring me back, correct me if you think I'm out on a limb too far here, but it kind of reminds me of, like, sex education, you know? And it's, like, people that think that if you if you educate about sex and you know about it, like, everybody's just going to be having sex and it's going to be, like, you know, awful. Like, this is why abstinence is so much better. So I don't necessarily completely agree. I don't, nece- I don't personally think that visualizing your suicide is going to automatically make you want to do it. I think that it, you know, could bring up a lot of really great, deep, challenging questions for you to face about your life that could catalyze help. But I absolutely hear what you're saying and agree that it is extremely problematic when you don't, like, that would be something that she could, you could do with someone individually. And you could know, like, this is what her, Teal's beliefs are around suicide. I mean, regard, I guess regardless, like, how do you keep that in, like, a closed, protected space if that's what she wants to talk about? You know, like, just private sessions that she is offering with someone rather than a big public video rather than a posted video where it's just out in the ether to to fall upon anybody where there can be no quality control right some setting where you can be at least present in some form or fashion or have others present around you who are also observing or listening or yeah but right but not being in a in a possibility of just complete cut off being alone unity yeah exactly which that is able to be if it's just a posted video. Right. I completely agree with the concept of people needing to be able to have access to information to support themselves. Right. Um, no matter what the subject is, but there needs to be better steps as to what that looks like and also the state of a person and what it is that they are searching education for needs to be considered. I mean... We're understanding that as we get to know ourselves, even on a scientific level, like we are such individuals with very different experiences and beliefs and support systems. And if we don't become more aware and, you know, more careful and detailed about what it is that we are sharing when it comes to these topics then we really are losing any quality control and any ability to really be able to reach them in a way that can help them take that next step. Because when you're, if you are doing these things alone, you can feel very isolated and very cut off and and not be able to really um, see to the other side because you're in a space where you are also having a blind spot to something of, of yourself and you can't see it. Yeah. So, yeah, that's just... That's the concerns that I hold on that too, so. 
Hey, Courtney here, and I just wanted to take a quick moment to interrupt this episode to let you know that although we are located in LaConnor, Washington, we now have an online community on Patreon, which means that you can join us no matter where you may be located in the world or where you may travel to. We're really excited about these offerings, and they will be taking over as the centerpiece of our studio along with our in-person new moon ceremonies, as we will no longer be doing private sessions, even though you can work with Diana and my myself in private offerings. Patreon has so many cool perks across three different tiers, including being added to our close friends list on Instagram, where you can get exclusive behind the scenes peeks into our personal lives, monthly classes, wheel of the year celebrations, and even a book club. For more information, you can check out patreon.com slash salt shadows coven. There's no and in there, but don't worry. The link is right here in the show notes on your phone. Check it out. And while you're there, click the link to also get our full moon newsletter. It's absolutely free and it also offers lots of tips and tricks into rituals and personal practices and just all the updates and shares for what's going on with us there. Thank you so much for your continuous support. Now back to the episode. I'm gonna take a, just a tiny side moment here. There's a term that I know I say sometimes and I've heard you say a couple times that reminds me of just an invitation towards ableist language, blind spot. I've been told that another perhaps better, language is always arguable, uh, word for that could be knowledge gaps. Knowledge gaps over blind spots. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Just I thank you for that. I hadn't thought of it in in yeah. that context and I appreciate that. Yeah. Totally. I know. It's fascinating. I'm always fascinated as we continue to learn and yeah. language expands and things like this and I'm not necessarily saying that a blind spot is No, but of course like as we're learning, <laughs> you know, these opportunities of I mean, there's that initial let's be honest about it, like with any with anything that we're just used to using within our own programming and in our conversation, there's that discomfort right at first where you're like, Oh, something I said is wrong now. Like but there are other forms of saying things. Right. And especially if somebody's like, Oh, hey, this can this can kind of be a harmful thing for some people so why don't we phrase it this way like yeah. you can immediately be like defensive of <laughs> and be like I don't want to change or you can choose compassion right and say oh well that's pretty simple and I can try to remember that and, and yeah that's a great way of doing it and if anything it just gives you the ability to be flexible, be adaptable, be considerate. It's really not that difficult. It's just a word change. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. All right, let's get back into it. Yes. Thank you for saying that, though. Yeah. I love that insight. Yes, there's a couple more things that happen in this episode that are, like, pretty concerning and just interesting and, and also a little weird. And this is, like, there's a lot of things that happen that make me... This is where I start to question, as I always do when I'm walking, watching reality TV and docu-series, is, like, how is the, how is this being edited and cut, and, like, is it, like, what's in real time and what isn't, you know? Sure. Like, I'm always the bitch that notices, like, oh, it's snowing in the background of this interview clip, and it, then we haven't seen snow in the TV show yet, so, like, but then later, right. it, like, snows, and you're yeah. like, oh, that clip must have been, like, 
I don't know if anybody else notices that kind of stuff, but yeah, just I'm always wondering about like, okay, what is the picture that the cinema or producers essentially are portraying versus like what is like trying to understand what really happened in reality and be like to hold that discernment in that objective space, right? Yeah. So there's a guy I can't I didn't get his name. Do you? Know? I think he, I think you might be speaking about Amir, where he comes to the retreat. Yeah, yeah, that's his name, Amir. Yeah. Yeah, he comes to the retreat and he is just kind of looking around, in, in engaging in activities, but he it continues to share with the camera and with other people he's interacting with that he doesn't really know why he's there. And that when he came last year, he thought that it was a cult. Cult, yeah. yeah. Right, so it's just interesting that he's going around kind of talking to people about this, I guess. I just, like, I just feel like there are some missing pieces here with, like, why did the camera crew choose him, you know? And then the next scene, he's out talking to Teal, and she's like, why are you here, you know? And I'm just, it was never really clear why he was the one that they were talking to and doing this stuff with. I don't know. It just felt like a leap all of a sudden in the, in the show for me. But regardless of that, like, well, and then of course makes me wonder, like, is this planted? Like, is this, how true is this? Cause you always have to wonder that about docuseries types shows, reality TV. But so basically she's like, you know, why are you here? What's going on in your life? And he was just saying, like, I don't know. I don't know. I, and he even said, I feel like my life is going great. And, you know, I have struggles, but I'm doing okay. And I just feel, like, lost. And I used to be suicidal, but, like, I'm, I'm not anymore and things like this. And Teal, as this guy is saying that, like, he said he feels like his life is great. Teal's response is, why the fuck would the universe put you in front of me if everything is going right in your life? Yeah, if you're not falling apart. Yeah. Yeah. Which is just like, whoa, what a wild question. And then when she yeah. then she continues to pressure him about it because he's like, well, I don't know. Like, what? Um, then he's then he just suddenly says that he I well, maybe I have a crush on you. And then all of a sudden it turns into like this sexual thing and that he's there because of a sexual crush. I actually felt really. I didn't see it the first time I, I watched this, and I watched it again mm. not long ago. Um, something that really came to mind, especially because later we see him in a situation where she is literally yeah. um, reaching out to his mother that committed suicide. We'll get to that yeah. very next, but um, yeah. Specifically, especially within that context, I see within <coughs> him a lost little boy. Yeah. And yeah. Even though he can't exactly voice what it is he's looking for when he says, I don't know, maybe I just feel lost. Like, I I don't know what direction to go into. She, you know, what you just said, that immediate response from her is, well, why the fuck would the universe put you here then? I feel that that response to him made him have to figure something out to say back to her. Exactly. And from that wounded place, I feel that the patriarchy spoke for him. Yeah. Because a man seeking out spiritual leadership from a woman 
has been put in the context from organized religion that it's usually just for sexual purposes and he's sexually attracted to her. And I know that's also something that's a psychological thing that's also believed as well. I feel that in that sense, I didn't even believe that when it came out of his mouth. Like it felt like it was coming as like something that he could grab onto and use as a reason, not that it was actually why he was there. Yeah, there's definitely a deeper reason. And I I would also hypothesize just without without being a professional and without going deeper into it i'd just say that yeah i don't think that that was an actual truth and that the underlying especially after what we come to know from the next couple scenes are that it's like a mother child relationship absolutely wound and and need there absolutely so from that spot where she's like what the fuck and he's like well you know maybe i just have a crush on you it cuts to her Excuse me. It cuts to her like being with her team, like freaking out. Like it's on the all, phone. Yeah, I think she was on the phone too. She yeah. called Blake. Yeah, yeah, and she was like, "This is just always this shit always happens," and this is like she's telling her team. Literally, I quoted. You've got to know it's like a red zone case. He needs so much, and he will rip the shit out of any member of our team who works with him. And then right after that, it cuts to the team in a room with this guy sitting in a circle. And with Teal, with which Teal. I felt that maybe that was their solution, is if they're all there with her, right? With her authority, Ta- yeah. And yeah. they're talking about his dead mom and, and how she committed suicide, yeah. and it just like th- th- that's just like a huge red flag for me in the TV series itself because it's like, hold on, like. You're saying we absolutely can't work with this guy. I'm disgusted with this. And there's no talk about anything. And then the next thing is, well, we're he's here. We're going to help him. Let's sit in circle and, and channel in his dead mother. Yeah. Like, it, it feels, it always feels like, an, well, I mean, she says it, right? If you're going to deal with me, you're going to have to jump off the deep end. Like, that's what she says. She never goes for the, yeah. the, you know, she never goes for an easy fix. She goes right to the source of what's the problem. And that might be part of the problem. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Especially when there are so many deeper multiple layers. Yes. Yeah. And so she, yeah, they're talking about his dead mom and Teal asks, would you be willing to interact with her if we brought her in? And I don't know. I, again, it just feels like a big piece is missing from this documentary where I know they're trying to keep, I have something in my throat. I know they're trying to keep her work kind of like elusive, but there's also needs to still be some education about this, mm-hmm. especially because saying you're I channeling mean, the spirit of his dead mother, right? Like and, that's a big, that's a big thing. That's a big <laughs> thing, and it's not just like an out there woo woo thing. It's like, and that's what probably why it was left so like not talked about at all. Because a lot of people will chalk it up to that, right? Not, and it's, yeah, yeah, it's just chalked up to not even being real, rather than being like, oh, this is actually real, and it's something that is. I mean, Teal even says herself. She literally, I have a quote in here. That says that channeling channeling is using your body as a vessel for another being and that I can't find the quote here. But basically she says that it's like the single most powerful and most dangerous form of healing. Yeah. And then how does she go about it? Oh my God. Seriously. Yeah. We were just so taken aback by this entire fucking 
She invites the completely newest member of their group whom she just has been like barely letting in on you know what I mean? Like she's barely been opening up to her and what does she do? She Yeah, the yeah. The portrayal of this of Blake's girlfriend Juliana coming in as a new person, it's all portrayed as this is like a really big deal and this is new and I don't know you. And Teal even goes on to actually like come on upon this whole metaphor about how they're they're two stones like becoming rubbing up against each other rubbing up against each other but I actually felt like there was a huge flaw in her metaphor because Juliana would be like this rough edged stone but Teal given her own fucking metaphor would be the polished stone in the river the experienced one the one that should know how to be soft right and instead she's the one that's like oh you're new my edges are out because she's not soft (laughs) because she doesn't know yeah she hasn't which, which, and that's exactly where our questions come in. Like, what's going on here? Like, there's somebody that says that they're a, this big of a leader should have tools to at least have the awareness to know that you're being edgy and that's information there for you to yeah. be able to, like, to know. Yeah. It's not just, they just, it make, it's all portrayed as like it's this big elusive thing and emotions are actually not that elusive at all like there's a reason why we respond in the ways that we do and when we can learn that about ourselves we learn how to be in community so much better so anyway with that being said there's like this tension portrayed between juliana and teal and juliana really wants to make a good impression with teal and yeah in this mode where they're talking about Amir's dead mother Teal says would you be willing to interact with her if I brought her in Amir cries and says yes of course I mean that's such a deep big profound vulnerable question and then Teal asks Juliana she says Juliana I'd really like to stretch you in with this I think it's a good idea that's what she said it feels like to me it feels like a test Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely a test. Yeah. And but to to put that on somebody without like any ability to prepare or even I don't even know at this point and this could be something they didn't show as right, well. Right. I don't even know if she has even witnessed this being done or has you know exactly. like have any experience about how to go into this setting at all. Because us as the viewers have no idea and we can only right. assume that she doesn't either because of the story. Right. Like this is why it's the storytelling aspect of cinema right. is so important. Yes. And so yeah, <clears throat> they <clears throat> Pardon me. They exchange permission and it's done and they just go into it. Yes. And I'm over here. I'm like, what? There's no dropping in. There's no further explanation than channeling. The, here is what she said. Channeling is an extremely dangerous and very effective tool for healing. Yeah. Like exactly as I've been saying here and I put in my notes, it feels like there are many missing pieces, forcefulness, and even even elements of acting. Like I... Yeah. I don't know anything of, like you're saying. We don't know what Juliana's background is, if she's been trained in this, if she's familiar with this. 
But because of it, all I can assume is that she's acting. They didn't drop in. There was, like, there's no breathing or, like, even coming into the body to be able to sense into a different being if this is, in fact, what's happening. There was no sense of any energetic hygiene or protection or whatsoever. Shift, like, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It just, it wasn't believable and it was extremely, it was not yes. done in a safe way. And as people that are familiar and getting more familiar with these practices in the world, like, I just want to say, like... Yeah, that was completely inappropriate. And yeah. it's not surprising to me that mainstream the mainstream television would allow it to be portrayed in that way. Yeah. But I, it feels important to mention here that that's just not right. Yeah, <laughs> in- absolutely. And just like, if it was done differently, if there were parts that were cut out that were to prepare in that sense, we desperately hope that that was happening. And it just, they decided not to show it. But also you have to consider when you're really learning about what this looks like and maybe considering the approach of those things and approaching those who have passed on to other realms, there's such a deep level of respect to learn and understand in those approaches. And none of this, exactly none of this felt like it was coming from that space. And we're speaking to it because we (laughs) the more we understand and the more that we learn and educate ourselves the more we see how important it is if you were to do this kind of work yes absolutely and it's and it's very important to know that just how many because i think i like to just say because of how gullible i know myself to be in watching documentaries and things like this that i I just want to be able to point out some of these things that you may not have thought of if you're just right. like going along with it and watching it. And especially if you have no idea about this type of thing. If right. You, just to hear like channeling someone's dead mother, it's like, what the fuck? You know, yeah. like the average person is not going to be uh, down or interested or, you know. Yeah. Yeah. It's just it's just very fascinating. The lens that main, the mainstream media likes to take and paint. Yeah, I agree. So the way that they end this this episode is really fascinating to me because it's this is kind of where it's they make it very elusive and foreshadowy and draw you in for the next episode of course. But Juliana goes on to say she says that was so intense it was also so surprising to me that I was that energized and I was that aware that I'm that good in doing that. I wasn't aware of that, so I was surprised, really surprised. And then she had a genuine exchange with Teal, where Teal responds to that and says, like, I feel like you're better at this with me than people who have been on my team for years. And so, so first of all, it's interesting that they're starting to portray, like, this little bit of, like, connection possibly being built between Teal and Juliana. But it, but in a completely false way because as we just stated that was completely inappropriate and not safe in any way shape or form that it was portrayed via the tv and And, i feel that sorry go ahead i didn't mean to interrupt you that's okay i was just gonna say my final point is that i am just starting to notice the way that teal's language is all like i'm just her language always being about it's pretty Mm self-centered and like it's just the way she worded this to Juliana talking about channeling somebody else's dead mother. Like, I feel like you're better at this with me than people who have been on my team for years. I don't know. Just something about, like, doing it with her. It's mm-hmm. not about, like, 
using her body as a vessel. Like, there was nothing mentioned about anybody else involved. I know it was just a passing, but the language just bothered me. Well, and there's so many things that I'm starting to also know is and see as a pattern throughout the entire series is Teal wants it to go Teal's way. Right. So if you are with Teal and you are doing something well for her, she'll give you praise and she'll give you big praise. If she's disappointed with you, she will take you all the way down and strip you. Yeah. And that is such a manipulative harmful way of teaching people and having people within your circle and your authority right which and and directly comes from abuse like yes there's i feel like that's just a reflection of somebody that has been abused and or neglected totally and it's just symptoms of her own shadow seeping through exactly yeah yes because you're right, that is like that's another red flag in and of itself. Another, like this, the swinging yeah. of emotions in a way that you can't be called in and recognize and and yeah. own it. And and I never see her say a positive thing in any way about Juliana until that moment where she came and she did something specifically when Teal told her to. Right. And it was like for her. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, we as you can tell, we can just we just love like <laughs> like unpacking these things and really showing the like the reasons why things need to matter, why words need to matter, behavior needs to matter, and accountability really needs to matter and responsibility within leadership as well. Oh my gosh. Yes. So to close out this episode, Blake's voice has a voiceover where there is a blurb where he says, again, wrapping, wrapping up from the beginning, to fit in here, you have to align with Teal's mission. And he's talking about Juliana and hoping that she will fall in line with that. And then the private investigator comes on and talks about how it's the Pandora, it's this, this investigation is becoming the Pandora's box you wish you left closed. Mm-hmm. And she's starting, she had just had an interview with somebody that was in the inner circle yep. and had had a, been a former member. Yeah, and had a negative experience when they left. Yeah, I have the quote that she said to him, if you would like oh, me yeah. to say it, when he chose to, lef- to leave. Um, <laughs> he chose to leave. He chose to leave. Um, when he made that decision... Teal responded to him by saying, if I were you, I would just go kill myself. There's no hope for you. I believe is Okay. Yeah. Is what she said at the end of that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, those were the specific words. Yeah. And if that doesn't immediately give you red flag goosebumps, we really hope that you'll start. (laughs) Uh Right. Maybe listen to this episode again. I don't know. Right. <laughs> but that to me, that's terrifying. It's it's beyond inappropriate, right? Yeah. Because at no point should somebody that is a teacher or a leader to you ever wish you ill in that mm-hmm. sort of a way. Like it's yeah. just not. And just circling around to what we were just saying, literally, if you're with her, she'll give you the highest praise. If right. you leave her, she'll cut you completely off. And that's just straight up an abusive relationship. Yeah. Because unconditional love is what a healthy relationship looks like. It's also a number one symptom of a cult. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. 
Yeah, and it's funny because it just also reminds me of parenting. Like, there's so many different dynamics to parenting, and it's like, yeah, you can, you know, people think gentle parenting is bullshit, but then you realize what it actually is, and it's like, oh, it's learning how to act, like, know, like, teaching your kid that they're unconditionally loved with stern boundaries, and, like, you know, learning all this, like, healthy ways to be in the world, rather than just, like, yelling and fighting, yeah. And it's like, it's such a huge, for me, it's like, especially coming from that yelling and fighting background in yep. childhood, it's like such a mind fuck. Like, oh my God, what this, it's possible to be like this in the world. Yeah. Well, and just like, it's speaking to that with my experience too, like just that like immediate frustration if you don't get something right, it's the first time you've ever done it. Like oh, there's yeah. not, like there's no space or understanding that while you're learning something, right. you're obviously not going to know how to do it. Yeah. So why are you getting so upset because I don't know how to do it yet? Right. Like you're supposed to be teaching me how to live and do these things. Right. Like then why aren't you teaching me? Why are you just getting mad at me for doing it wrong? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. There yeah. has to be room for that learning. Yeah, and, absolutely. And asking questions. And respect. That. Respect. Yeah. Big time. In both directions. Yeah. Yeah. That each person is an individual and right. that they're not going to be the same as you. Yeah. 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 Well, and it just all, it wraps it all up by Blake telling Teal that she wants, he, he wants to marry Juliana. Juliana, or I mean, Teal says that she thinks that they're really compatible. It wasn't very believable to me, but that's fine. It's the documentary, whatever. Um, and yeah, it ends, it ends with that, with some music playing that says true love will find you in the end. And they close if I can if I can share my honest personal perception on that I really felt that because in that such situation in that time frame Teal had noticed a way where she could possibly manipulate Juliana within the circle mm. and so she was seeing that as a possible like okay this could be good for our circle and so right. I'm gonna I'm gonna support them and wherever they're going from here yeah because at this point I see the possibility within it. Yeah. Yeah. That she's here, she's willing to try. Right. Like, it's not just going to blow up right away. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she's given it some effort. Um, yeah, it's really fascinating. Again, we'd love to encourage you to please weigh in on the conversation, what you know, what you've, what you've thought. There's no comment too small, so feel free to just follow that link through the show notes to the podcast form. We you can we'll tell you a little more here at the end, but you can always join us on Patreon and come and be a part of our conversation and community behind the scenes more. And I want to add, there's no comment too salty either. We love the salty. <laughs> oh, yeah. We highly welcome any any salt or insights, all those type of comments. So, yeah. Yeah. Thanks for tuning in with us. And we will be back soon with the third episode in the series. It starts to get a little bit more wild. Let's get into it. Bye, guys. Bye.
Hey, thanks for listening to this episode. It means so much to us. We wanted to let you know about our feedback form in the show notes where you can leave us suggestions for topics you want to hear or anything really that you'd like us to know because we are here for you. If you ever want a chance to have your review read, visit Apple, Spotify, or Podbean and leave us a review there. If you love sharing, you can tag us on Instagram or Facebook, or you can go deeper into the conversation about this podcast with us on Patreon. You can sign up for our full moon newsletter on the Salt and Shadows website or also find that in the show notes. You will get specific information on the energy of the full moon so you can live your best magical life. Thanks again for listening. We are so grateful for you. Until next time.